Shalom Aleichem Rabbi Yisai. As we advance in Sefer Bamidbar, this week in Chutzler, they'll be learning Parshas Balak. Now Balak, who was the king of Mayav, the Pasuk says, Ayagah Mayav, Mayav was very afraid, very scared. After seeing what Klai Yisrael did to Sichem El which was one of the most powerful kings that existed in history, and Klai Yisrael was able to stand up against them and to conquer them. And the other king before, Knani, and Balak seeing, like Rashi says, Amor Elu Malachim, these two kings that we were so confident in, that they were so powerful. They weren't able to stand, they weren't able to be able to, to control Kaisal. Kaisal was able to conquer them. Anu, us, meaning, uh, us that were much weaker than these kingdoms and these kings and their kingdom. Certainly we're not going to stand a chance against Kaisal. That's the reason why Mayav was afraid. He got nervous. So, Balak needed a plan how to be able to conquer Klai Yisrael so that his 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 uh, his army and his people were not going to be strong enough to fight against them because there's some type of power that Klai Yisrael has. Therefore, he had to find some type of strategy how to be able to overpower Klai Yisrael. Now, Bilam, who was famous for his Bil Harasha, as we call him, was always famous for um, how to find all different types of vicious and terrible plans how to fight against Klai Yisrael. Bill Marshall wanted to destroy Klai Yisrael and Pyro had the meeting with Eiv, Eiv <coughs> Yisrael, and Bilam said you have to wipe them out. Pyro, that's when Pyro came to drown every single, every, every single, uh, you know, male child, eventually every child. And Bilam Arasha was, uh, lived up his name, Bilam Arasha. So Bilam, who had Navua, and had, you know, powers of Navua, because Akash Baruch wanted the guy not to be able to have a claim, how come we didn't have a prophet like Maish Rabbeinu? So they got Bilam Arasha. Now, how that was going to pacify them, that's maybe for a different time we'll talk about that. I mean, Maish Rabbeinu is one thing, but you get Bilam Arasha as the, as the Navi, how is that going to pacify the Goyim, and we'll talk about that at a different time. But they felt that, uh, Balak felt that Bilam would be able to help him. If he can somehow get Bilam to curse Klal Yisrael and to, and to, you know, to take away their power, then at least he doesn't have to be afraid. So the Pastor says, Vayishlaf Malachim el Bilam ben Ba'or Ha'Nahar. He sent <coughs> messengers to Bilam ben Ba'or. You tell him, listen, we have a big problem here. There's a nation that came out of Egypt, out of Mitzrayim, and they're covering up the whole land, and they're right opposite us. They're, they're, they're very close to us. We're very afraid. Now, please curse for me this nation. They're much too powerful for us. Once you curse them, perhaps then I'll, we'll have the power to fight against them and to get rid of them. Because we know that whatever you bless winds up usually being blessed, and whatever you curse winds up being cursed. And you have a good, 
a good um, you know record of of uh, of uh, you know accomplish what you want to accomplish when you want to bless and curse somebody. So he sends out these messages. Some of the other they came out with all types of um, you know types of uh, magic. They came to Bilam and they spoke to Bal. They told him what Balak said. So, <coughs> so now Bilam was a big Belgaiva, and you know, but he he didn't want to admit to them that I can't make a move without Hashem because he knew that his whole power for his prophecy or anything he's going to say is is connected to Hashem. So he didn't want to let them know that. He told them, listen, you stay over here. I have to go find out what Hashem is going to tell me. And the the ministers of Mayav that he sent stayed with Bilam. Stayed with Bilam. Hashem came to Bilam. In the vision, they are me and Ashmelima. Who these people here? And Bilam Elo came. That Balak sent them to me. So Hashem says to them, "Lay seilech imahem. Don't go with them. Lay sar esaam. Don't try to curse this nation. Kibarachu, because they're blessed. Don't go with them." So Vayakom Bilam Abayik. He got up in the morning and he came to the Sarebal and says, "I'm sorry. Listen, I can't go with you. Hashem doesn't let me. Kim en Hashem l'siti alalech imachem. He doesn't let me go with you." They went back to Balak, and we can't go with us. So Balak sends again more messengers, more honorary, more messengers, you know, they were more respected. They sent messengers to him and saying, this is getting very serious. We need you to curse, you know, curse them. So he says back to listen. It doesn't make a difference how much money I get or how much anything you give me. If Hashem doesn't want me to go, I can't do it. So you stay here also again tonight. And let's see what Hashem says. If they came to call you, go with them. But it's a condition that you can do whatever I tell you. So here, he already got permission from HaKadosh Baruch Hu to go. Bilam got up in the morning, and he saddled his, 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 his donkey. And he went with the Sari Mayav. HaKadosh Baruch Hu got very angry at him. Right? And he went with him and he said to uh, angel that that uh, started to distract the donkey from being able to walk, and the whole story that we know eventually the donkey starts Bill starts hitting the donkey, and the donkey opens up his mouth and starts talking to Bilam, and uh, he makes him aware that there's a mouth that's not letting you go. Now, there's a few questions on this whole story. First of all, the how the how how the events wound up uh, you know being you know given over. First, Bilam goes to ask Akash Baruch Hu. Akash says, Don't go with them. Then when they come back a second time, and he comes to Akash Baruch Hu, and Akash Baruch Hu says, Oh, if they came to go with you, go with them. And then it says that he got up, He went together with the sorry Mayav. And Akash Baruch Hu got upset. First of all, Akash Baruch Hu said no. 
Then afterwards he changed his mind, seemingly, and said, okay, it's okay to go. And then when he went, he, he got upset with him. <laughs> what, did he, what was the change of mind that Akash Baruch seems to have had over here by telling him that he shouldn't have gone, right? And then telling him it's okay, and then why did he get upset? What's the chat of the so there's two mahalchim to answer this. There's maybe more. There's more than two mahalchim, but we'll discuss two. One is the famous mahalchim from the from Dolgaim, the Grot. He's medayik the l'shonis of the pasuk. He says that the difference between the word im and s, like itam, right? <coughs> Im, when I go with somebody to some place and I want to do something. So sometimes I have to go to certain places where I know I have to go for a certain purpose. But I don't have to necessarily be with the whole intention and the kavana and the enjoyment being part of it or the whole, you know, I'm just going because I have to go. And there's another type of going where I'm just fully in into it with everything. So it was when the Sari Mayav came to to Bila, to, to, to Bila and asked him, we have, we, we have a request from Balak that we want you to go ahead and, and first, Kalisro, Kashbrochu said, listen, if you're going to go with them, it's one thing, but I don't want you to go with them with the same kavan. If you're going to go with them with the kavan to curse, don't bother with it. This nation is a blessed nation. It's not going to help to curse them. So then when they came back again, so Bilal came to again, so listen, if you want to go with them, but not without the, without the same intention. You just want to walk with them to follow, to respect Balak and to walk with them. But your intention is not to curse Kaisel. Kum lechita. But then, Hayakam Bilam, Rabbi Kaviachavesh Sasan, Rabbiach, in Sarimayev. He went with them with the same intention. That's what Vihrafalikim. And this is the lesson that we learn for life. Many times we have to be in certain places where it might not be the right place for us to be. We have to be there. If, let's say a person has to go to a certain doctor's appointment, right? And the doctor's appointment is in a neighborhood, it's a place which might not be the best, best thing for our ruchnius. But we have to go. We have to go to the doctor's appointment. What should we do? We have to go to the doctor's appointment. So in other words, when I go to the place that I have to go, I can either be going there, okay, what do I do? I have to go to the area. I'm there because I have to be there physically, but I'm not part of the whole scene with everything going on. But then there could be another situation where I go with my whole oomph and I go with everything. Oh, wow, once I have a, a pass to be able to go to this place over here, I might as well take advantage of it. So we see that, the, that there are situations where sometimes we, we need to be someplace because we don't have a choice, but there's a way of being there without really being part of it. And that's what uh, the difference between what HaKashvokhu told Bilam that he shouldn't go. He meant don't go with the same intention. The permission was you can go, but not with the same intention. That's the Dilma Gain's behalf. But there's maybe another Mahalach that I saw, which uh, from Ruben Kralitzin When the Gemara in, in Makish says, right, that we show the concept of the Derech other writes of Lelech, but Malichit Aisai. That even though we know that every single thing that we do in life is all based on Ashkach HaPratis, only the Kodesh Bohu wants to let it happen. But there are situations where HaKadosh Baruch Hu will let something happen as we're going on because that's what we want. Right? Sometimes a person says, well, I wound up going to this place, that's what Hashem wanted, so that's why I fell. Not necessarily true. We'll see what I mean in a minute. The place that I want to go, and like the 
of Chatzke Levenstein said, when we say we want to go, it means my, my inner wanting. Right? Sometimes people want to do something. A person wants to dab, a person wants to grow, a person wants to learn. He wants to do all different types of things, but it's a superficial wanting. It's not in his inner, in, in, from his inner um, feelings inside, that's not a real rutzen. And when a person wants to go, that's why Shem takes him. And if a person's rutzen, inner rutzen for something which is not good for him, sometimes then a Kosh Baruch will give that as well. Where do we see that from over here? First Hashem said, It's not a good idea. Don't go with them. But then when he saw that Bilam really wanted to go, now where do we see that Bilam really wanted to go? So the Daik from the Lushan of, of, of the, of the plastic, Rashi says over there in Pasha's Barak, Rashi says clearly over there that when he told them that Hashem doesn't let me go, when Hashem doesn't let me go, so his lesson was like this, right? Rashi says that he said to them, What was he going to check with Hashem? Not if he can go. If, if he's going to allow me to go with people like you. So I'll go with you. Shema and Kroida, let's see, he didn't want to let them know that Hashem might not let me because Hashem let me do whatever I need to do because I'm, I'm Billa, right? But maybe he's not going to want me to go back with people like you. Maybe you're not prestigious enough. You're not hush of enough. Shem and Kroida, let's see, Tilalak, Elam Sarim, Kedarla Mikan. Maybe that's why, maybe, maybe the reason why he won't let me go is because you people are not hush of enough. And that really answers the question. Because when Bilam tells them that Hashem says, I can't go. What type of business is this? And afterwards, Balak goes ahead and sends again. And then when they come, Bilam starts to talk to them again. Bilam should have told them, I told you that I can't go. Why did you come back again? Chutzpah, you come back again over here. Get out of here. What are you doing over here? And what happened? Bilam starts telling well, I'll go again and I'll ask. Now what happened? What was the reason why he listened again? Because like the Pasuk says, when Balak sent back, he heard what was behind. They heard what was behind the scenes of Bilam's comment. I really want to go, but I'm not sure if I can go with people like you. So that Balak said, "Oh yeah, that's the issue. I find more people. I find more Hashem people to be able to go." And once Hakadosh Baruch Hu heard that that's Bilam's dosach, that he's showing that that's really the Ratzin. So Hakadosh Baruch Hu said, "Okay, Bilam, I told you it's not a good idea to go. I said Lo Yisalechi Mahem." But if that's really your rutzen, what you want, then you'll get it. But you're going to pay the price for it, if, you know, with, with everything that comes along with it. That's the kavana of the derech shadam reitzelelech malichin aisa, and that we learned from Bila. And he says a, a beautiful word. Well, yeah, we, the Gemara in Brachah says, David, which is the parakel, which is the Ashri that we say, b'chal yom shalosh pam three times a day, muftach leishu ben elam haba then he'll be guaranteed to be a Ben Elam Haba. But what's the reason why when a person says the Pasuk of of, of the, the, the Pasha of Ashrei, of Tehillim, the Parak of Ashrei and Tehillim, what's the reason why that makes a person to Ben Elam Haba? So, but why it says, you know why? Because it has the Pasuk of Paseach HaSedecha Umazbiyah Luchol Chayret Because it opens, Hashem opens up his hands to give everyone satisfaction, you know, whatever each person wants and whatever every person needs. 
that's often the you know, we know this brought down that a person wants to not lechem panasa to have kavana when he says ashrei in that pasuk. Now, why is the fact of me davening and, and praising Hashem that He gives us that He gives us what we need? Right? Is that something that that's going to give me alam hapa? So he explains like this: It's this kavana of a derech shadav lelech mlichin oisa. Like the pasuk says, Hakadosh Baruch opens up his hands, and he gives to every single person to satisfy what he wants, and therefore, based on what a person's inner ruts and is what he wants, that's what Hakadosh Baruch winds up giving him. And if a person really goes to and honestly thinks through what he should be doing and what should be his ratzon, then he's going to become benalim haba. Because he starts to filter out and to realize, I can't let myself be waste my time with things which are not important. You know, it's like a person that that uh, that comes to a, to a gvir and he needs a loan, right? A big loan. And he has to pay off a pay off a big mortgage, and he doesn't know what he's going to do. And he gets an appointment by the gvir, and he walks inside, and 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 when he comes inside, and he's waiting to speak to the gvir, and the gvir asks him, "What do ask him?" He says, "Oh, that's, that chicken, that uh, the, that vegetable soup smells so good. Can I have a bowl of vegetable? Sure, take a bowl of vegetable soup." And then he goes. He forgets to he forgets to ask for the thing that he came for. Many of us wind up getting caught up in the physical world and all the things that that attract us, and we make that the ikra of our life, and that and and and, and, and base everything around that. And then afterwards, we find out why did I waste my life with that? So when a person comes to really understand and to and to think through what should be his ratzin v'akharish bachu, then he winds up seeing that Kharish bachu opens up his hands and takes care of everything that has to be done. I'm going to tell you two stories. Okay, one story which he brings down, Ruben brings down inside the sefer. One story is a personal story. This story uh, goes back to a there's a yid was a lawyer that um, that lived in Daybreak, and he was in a he was down in a shul called Yisach Moshe, and in that shul, um, you know, in Kiryat Ona. I'm sorry. He would give a daf yomishir, and this yid, who was a lawyer, would give a daf yomishir twice a twice a day in the morning, one at five thirty in the morning to one group, and one at eight o'clock in the morning, and then he would go to work. But he was a lawyer. The lawyer, he was a lawyer in the secular courts, and he had to be there on time early in the morning. So what would he do? So in order for him to be able to give the shear, he had sat to the shmaya, and there was a judge there that that he had a good relationship with. That made up a an agreement with him that it's okay for him to show up at nine thirty, and that that's how it worked. And the shear was becoming very big, and many people were learning. And everything was good. And he was giving over to Claudius Israel, and then he went to his job in the you know in the, in the courts. <laughs> After a while, this ju- this judge left, and they brought in a, a judge that was a woman that was very very difficult, very anti-religious. And she walked in and she started to take stack of what was going on. And she sees that this lawyer comes in every day at 9.30. She says, what's going on? How could you come here at 9.30? What a chutzpah. He said, well, I have an agreement with the lawyer before because I have to give a shear. I give a shear to many, 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 many people that are dependent on that. So I come in at 9.30. There's nothing doing. You have to be here at 8 on the button. So he realized that his panasa was at stake. And he had no choice. He wasn't sure what he was going to do. And she was on her way to come in. She wasn't the judge yet. She was on the way to come in. She was just checking out uh, what was happening before her job came in, as a day or two before she was supposed to start, all of a sudden, 
she fell and broke her leg. She wasn't there for a month. Then after, then she was supposed to come back to after a month, and then she got came down came down with the flu. And <coughs> and all types of things wound up happening to be able to you know to give him this chance to be able to he really really wanted to be married to to give over that shear to those people in the shul and they were relying on him and people were coming and he didn't want to lose out on that opportunity. That was just a temporary thing for the meantime. Now once he, she was about to come back, all of a sudden. The other lawyer, which he would, let's say, do things together and the, and the courts together with, right, came over to him. They were friendly with each other. He said, listen, I have a problem because I have a half, I have a, a class that I have to take now for about a half a year now to be able to finish my, to bring myself to a higher level of, of, uh, you know, uh, you know, being a lawyer. And, uh, I, I, I need to ask a favor if we can maybe push off the, the, uh, doing these, you know, doing the things in the court. To a later hour. So listen, that's great for me, but I'm fine. But you know, you, I can't, my, what I'm going to help you with is not going to help you. You have to ask this, this judge, this woman. Now being that this other person wasn't religious, when he went to the woman and asked her, she's sure, no problem. Everything's fine. And he was able to continue the whole time to be able to give that shit. Being that his inner rutsin was to be able to give and, and, and to do something that was right, you just have to grab onto HaKadosh Baruch when he pulls you through. That's one story. The second story, something that happened with me. We live in Telstone, and I had to get to, for many years, I learned in Kailo before I started teaching in the yeshiva, and I had to get to Yerushalayim by 9 o'clock in the morning. So I used the best time for me to daven was at 7 o'clock in the morning, but there was a problem because people, people came to davening, so the 7 o'clock in the morning started turning into the 7.15 minion, and the 7.15 minion was about to turn into the 7.30 minion, and we were going back and forth trying to start a new minion at 7 o'clock. Now, before we were starting it, I needed to know we were going to have enough people. So we had 12, 15 people that said they were going to come every day. And I wanted to make sure I was going to start off with the proper, with the proper setup. So I was Mukhodak my Rebbein that everything has to be. So I went to the, the Asra, the Rebbe of Telstom, and I told them about the idea. And I decided together with the Shutaf to help me open the minion. That we're going to do everything exactly the way that the Maradashra wants. To the detail. And we started off, people told us this minion is going to last maybe three weeks. After it's going to fall apart. Because it's, it's hard to start. I said, listen, we'll try. We started this minion um, over 20 years ago. Just to let you know, this minion still exists till today. And there were odds that we went up against. Baruch Hashem... It became a very, very good minion. It started on time, and it was taken care of, and everything was very, very good, Baruch Hashem. Now, the, the summertime, at that point, the Yashiv used to come for the summertime to spend the summers in Telstone for two weeks. And that room which we used was 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 the room that he would have like a separate minion there for Shachris and for Meir a few times. So the one of the Gabayim came to me and told me, by the way, uh, it's very nice that you have this minion here, but you know, it's going to have to close up for those two weeks. Now, I was concerned if you're going to close it up for two, three weeks, what's going to happen? But okay. I said, okay, I understand. If he's coming, we're going to do that. And we kept, I kept, I kept getting reminders as the, we were getting closer, closer to the summer that 
<laughs> that uh, we have to, you know, we're going to have to close up. That was the way I was looking for, okay? But, so, you know, maybe I just have a little bit of a break in between because it was a bit, it was a bit of a cry. He's making sure the Sefer is brought in. We have to bring the shul to the side room and all the different, different types of things. But I was, we were concerned about what's going to be, but what should we do with that? So we had no choice. About a week and a half, two weeks before the summer made his manim, suddenly Rebbe Yosha decided for that summer he's, he's going someplace else for the summer. And as, of course, we would have wanted Revelation to be a telstone for the summer. But if we see that there's something, that there's a sincere rutzen for something to be done, you don't have to worry about anything getting in your way. See, the shmaya that comes is tremendous. And it can work the other way as well. If a person's kavanas are not for the good, and that's what his rutzen is, Hashem will help him. But then he's going to have to pay the price later on for what comes out being the result of what he does. And therefore, a person has to work very hard on making sure that his rutzen, his sincere rutzen, is the rutzen, which is the proper rutzen, and that way to be able to bring him, to be able to grow, and like we said in the passage before, Hashem, we should all be able to clarify our, our rutzen, and be able to clarify and bring ourselves to the proper and uh, things in life, so that we should be able to accomplish and be able to, to, to be mahana from that paseach yadu, <coughs> Everyone should have a wonderful Shabbos and call to